Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all feeling? Feeling good? So Jesus says, like, don't miss, hey, I feel well. Whoever, somebody, thank you, appreciate that. Good looking out. Now I'm totally thrown off. I'm just playing. Good morning. So Jesus like says this, he's in the middle of Matthew 5, he is preaching the greatest sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. He pauses after a few lines and says this, hold on, but don't misunderstand me. Like, wait a minute, before we go any further, my sermon's over, but let me, there needs to be some clarification that takes place. Have you ever had that moment where you're talking, and the person you're talking to, you know that they didn't take what you said the way you meant to say it? Honey, your hair looks wonderful today. What do you mean? It didn't look wonderful yesterday? (laughs) Girl, that ain't what I'm saying. I'm just saying your hair looks good today, all right? That's all I'm saying. You know, it could be very easily misunderstood. I remember actually I had this moment where we were, we were at the old building. I got up, I started speaking, and this, there was a lady on the front row, and she was giving me this look like, you are a horrible person. And, and, and I just thought to myself, what did I say? What did I do? And then later on, I kind of realized she could have t- taken what I said wrongly, and I was like, oh, misunderstood, right there, there it goes, right that moment. Um, But Jesus says this, he says, listen, don't misunderstand why I have come. Now, this comes on the hills of him starting out in Matthew 5, where he says what it is to be blessed. Man, you could be blessed when you're poor, you could be blessed when you are mourning, when you're, you're, you're humble, when you're hunger and thirst for righteousness, merciful. He says you could even be blessed when you're persecuted. I mean, so Jesus is reading this. People are hearing this. I mean, and this is crazy. He's saying all of these things that, wow, this is not what we have been taught. This is not what being blessed looks like. And, and what he is saying, listen, you could seemingly be getting everything wrong and still get it right. See, you, 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 could, you could be poor. You could be, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, that means you ain't there yet. That means you still messed up and you're trying to get there and, and you feel like, man, I have messed this thing up. I, I'm just wrong, man. If I'm suffering persecution, if things keep coming against me, I must have messed up. And Jesus is saying, no, on the outside, it could look like you keep getting it wrong, but the truth is you're actually getting it right. Now, this gives me great comfort, especially as a parent. Because there's the realization that I could keep getting it wrong. I've got two little girls, and I tell you, it just feels like I keep getting it wrong. Like, I don't know if it's Barbie week, or if it's Dora Explorer week, or if it's what, I don't, I don't want the pink plate, Dad. I want the blue plate this week. I mean, and apparently it doesn't matter what they're eating, just what color plate that the food's on. Color is very important in my family. Like, I don't know, they're just pink or blue or whatever. And I asked my one daughter, Reese, I'm like, well, baby, well, what's your favorite color now? And she says this, my favorite color is rainbow. (laughs) 
So I'm totally confused. I'm not going to get it right with this child. I, I just don't get it. I, I could get it wrong, and, 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 but I could still get it right because I love my children. And, and I might mess up all of these little things, but I'm going to get the big thing right. They're going to know beyond a shadow of doubt that dad loves me. Daddy loves me. And, and so it gives me comfort as a parent. It also gives me great comfort as a pastor. Because just like I said a minute ago, there are those moments, there are those days where I stand before you guys, and and I'm as prepared as I can be, and I give this thing that we call a sermon. And there's these moments where it's, let's be honest, it's just horrible. It's like, man, he missed it this week. And and, and there's this this kind of walk of shame where you've told a joke and nobody laughs. Like, I thought that was going to kill. I thought it was going to be great. And y'all are just like, cricket, cricket. And so I, I come off of the stage, and I'll tell I'm just like, man, that was just horrible. There was the lady in the front row that was looking at me like she wanted to kill me. There was the misunderstanding. And then, without a doubt, people will come up to me and be like, Lucas, that was the best sermon. I'm like, are you serious? That was horrible. That was the worst homiletical, theological thing I have ever And you're just, oh, it was so good. The Holy Spirit was there. So it gives me great comfort that even whenever I get it wrong, God can get it right. He could take all this messed up and still you hear something that I probably didn't even say. (laughs) That's why I don't ask y'all, what y'all think about the sermon? (laughs) Because I don't want to know. Y'all be right, write me letters. When y'all, when you said that, I was like, I didn't even say that. I don't know what you were listening to somebody else. Robbie Zachariah on TV. But Jesus, Jesus is saying this. He said, listen, all of these things that you've been taught, this is a culture in which, listen, if you're blessed, that means you have all of these things, which means God loves you. And Jesus says, no, you could be mourning. And mourning means you've lost something. And Jesus says, even in the midst of your lost, you can be blessed. God, you are the God of miracles. Even though we've prayed and it doesn't seem like the miracle has come through, God, we still believe in you because you're the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. So even if on the outside, even if to the world it looks like I'm getting it wrong, God, with you, I could really be getting it right. And, and then he says this. He, he makes these, these, these just statements that are rocking everybody's world. He stops. He pauses and says, listen, don't misunderstand because there's a second part to this sermon. And to the second part, he uses this common refrain. He says it over again. Listen, you've heard it said by those of old. And he, he uses this refrain time and time. In other words, like, your grandma's told you this. Your grandpa's told you this. Your great-grandpa's told you this. And, and they've told you things like, listen, don't murder. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't, don't, don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't bear false witness. An eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. They have told you these things. But listen, now I'm telling you something else. I'm telling you something else. And the message on the second half of this, in which Jesus says uh, very clearly, listen, you could be getting everything right and actually be getting everything wrong. Because, yeah, you can... You could have not killed somebody this week, but in your heart, I say to you, you could be guilty. You may have not cheated on your wife, but you could have lust in your eyes, and you're just as guilty. See, you could be getting everything right. You may have done this and this and that, but I'm saying look at the heart. Look at your eyes, and to which all of a sudden everyone's realizing, whew, I thought I was getting it right. But actually, I might be getting it 
wrong. Uh, which, to be honest, this, this is very scary. <laughs> this is very scary. That, that I, I thought I was getting it right. I, I thought I was doing good. I was behaving myself. I was following all the commandments. God, I, I hadn't killed anyone physically. <laughs> but if you knew what was going on in my heart, <laughs> I'd be arrested right now. Because let's be honest, some of y'all are annoying I get on my own nerves, y'all. <laughs> I mean, my wife and my kids, my kids, I made them suckers. And there's times where I'm like, y'all kids are getting on my nerves. You know what I mean? I could be getting everything right, but there could be something going on in my heart. And all of a sudden, there's, there's this realization when Jesus comes, he's like, don't misunderstand me. And, and there's there's two different types of people that are hearing this message, and they're hearing, but all of a sudden, the law brings this inclusive nature to it. The law does this thing that brings all of us together. It doesn't matter if you're pastor or plumber. It doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're teacher or trash man. It brings us all together in this realization that we have fallen short. And we can't do it. We could be looking like we're getting everything wrong and really be getting everything right. We could be looking like we're getting everything right and really be getting everything wrong. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, listen, all of this in the law, you need to understand the reason why I came is not to do away with it, but to fulfill it. So is there something that Jesus can do, something inside the life and the nature of Jesus Christ that he can do that I can't? And it's this, this fulfilling of the law. See, I, there's a problem because I, I can understand the words, but I just, I can't do it. I can't be a good husband. I can't be a good father. I can't be a good pastor. I can try, but I'm going to fail. There could be these moments where I just, I feel like I'm getting it right and really be getting it wrong. There could be some things going on in my heart that, well, God knows about and I know about. And, and, and just Jesus even sums it all up in this, this, the, these few words of like, okay, God, what's all of the laws put together? Well, just love God and love others. Have you, now, have you ever heard of anyone say that like, okay, this is it, this is, this is your job as a Christian, just love God and love others? Do you realize how impossible that is? See, he's taken all these 600-something laws of Leviticus. He's, he's broken it down. Well, all of them summed up into this, and still at the end of the day, the result is the same. You can't do it. You can't just love God and love others. We act as we hear those words that that's even a possibility. You can't. I can't. I mean, I, I could try. We could fool ourselves into thinking that, oh, man, I, I'm just, just going to love God and love others. And, and then you go to a family reunion. Yeah, it's that simple. Love God, love others. Uh-huh, well, cops are called. And, and then it's like, it's not just this relationship with people. And now this is the thing that no one would ever speak out loud, but it's even our relationship with God. Where there's those moments where we got to say, God, I don't feel like you're there for me. God, God I, I, I feel like you've let me down, God. Jesus, I, I know all the right words, I know all the right sayings, but God, i got to be honest, I'm kind of angry with you right now. I'm kind of hurt, I'm kind of disappointed. The miracle didn't go through the way I thought it was going to go through. And, and I know that's just supposed to just love God and love others, God, but I'm having a hard time with you right now. 
See, somebody in here, y'all might, oh man, the, what, what is he talking about? I, I was struggling with, with loving God. And see, maybe we, we haven't talked about this in church for so much, so we, we, we've actually got to turn to other people to find, you know, it, it wasn't just me. It was David too, and Joseph, and Abraham, and David, I, I mean, I just love the Psalms because David says the thing that no one else says, and it's the thing that's in my heart sometimes, and he's like, my God, why have you abandoned me? And I feel his pain, and I feel his hurt, and I know the moment of God, I've been praying to you, but it just seems like my prayers are on deaf ears. I call to you, God, every day, my God, and you don't answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I'm finding no relief. David's saying, I'm struggling right now. God, where, where are you at in this situation? Where are you at in this moment? And if you read the Psalms, like David is just this gamut of emotions. From one minute, it's just like, God, you are amazing. And the next minute, God, if you don't kill everybody around me, I've got enemies on my left and my right and people trying to just, just kill them all, God. And I love it because David is just pouring out his heart. There's moments where he's saying, yeah, I'm a man after God's own heart, but I still have struggles. Uh, There's still some things that are going on in me that I'm going through it. I I don't know. Man, it's just we we hear these words of Jesus. We, We follow these teachings. We think, and Jesus is very clear, don't misunderstand why I have come. All of this law, it encompasses every single one of us. We are all sinners in need of grace. See, you don't have to go to prison to find a murderer. You're sitting next to one. Some of you are sleeping next to one. Because it's true. Because if you've done it in your heart, if you've thought, if the lust has gone through your eyes, then if you've broken one, you've broken them all. And the law brings about this total equality in the fact that we are messed up. And Jesus is the only answer. And I want to read from Romans 10 this morning where Paul comes in and he echoes these words that is the summation of the life of Christ where he's saying this, listen, dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. He's like, man, I just want people to come to know Jesus. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it's misdirected zeal. For they don't understand that God's way of making people right with himself, they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. They heard the sermon. There's the recognition of their sin, but there's a tendency for them to drift back and know that they're trying to get right with God through their own works and trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished this purpose for which the law was given. And as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So hey, Paul brings about this, this summation of everything that you might think that you could do on your own, that you think you could do in your own ability. And he says, listen, all of that, 
It's all completed in Christ and his work. He fulfilled the law. Every dot, every tittle, every T crossed, every I dotted. Christ did it. You can't do it. You can't do it. But here he shows us, listen, as a people, you need to recognize this about yourself, he's saying. We as a people, I think it applies to us right now, that when given these facts, when even given the understanding that our righteousness comes through Christ and Christ alone, we as a people have a tendency to drift towards the law. We have a tendency as a people to want to work our way in, to want to make ourselves right through our own doing, our own good, through our own feeling of righteousness, through what we could accomplish. Even in your understanding, this is how you drift, people. This is how you look. And, 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 and Paul's saying this. Have you, ever, um, have you ever gone to a golf pro to have a golf lesson? This is like golf capital. I know some of you golfers in here. If you've ever gone and had a golf lesson, all golf pros will tell you this. They would much rather teach someone that is a complete rookie than someone that has been playing golf for any period of time. Because anybody that's been playing golf for any period of time think they understand how to swing a club. And so it takes that golf pro a long time to show them, no, you really can't do it like that. And so with a rookie, they could come in and they could just work on their swing from the very beginning because people that have been doing it a certain way for so long have a tendency to want to stick with that way. We as a people have a tendency, when we think that we know best, when we think that we're getting it right, we have a tendency to stick with what we think is working. And it's really not. We, we, we have a tendency to fall back on the way that we've always done it. The thinking that we know best. Now, God created a testing ground for this, and the testing ground is called marriage. It's where you think you know best, and she thinks she knows best. And when those worlds collides, the result is the man realizes he's wrong. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what that means. Preach, somebody. But there's this collision of will that takes place, and there's all of a sudden the recognition that I never really learned how to drive. <laughs> I don't know how to fold sheets. Apparently, I can't stack the dishwasher the right way. <laughs> and all of these things that I never knew about myself, that I am quickly learning. And after 12 years of marriage, I can say I finally learned the whole toilet bowl seat thing. I've gotten it down pat. The secret is just close them both when you're done, so that way there's no mistake. We just close it up completely. Of realizing... See, when we're, when we're giving, let me back up here a second. When we're given this option to rest in the absolutely mind-blowing, wonderful grace of God and his completed work and what we can do and the law and the very clear black and white of what's right and wrong, we have a tendency not to rest in his work but to rest in ours. And... And it gets us into trouble over and over again because our answer to our inability is we put safeguards in our life. 
And so when we mess up at something, what we do is we create a construct that will try to keep us from doing that same thing again. Till the next thing you know, we have created so many safeguards in our life, and then we try to take and project those onto other people because we struggle with something, they must struggle with something too, and so they have to live by the same safeguards and clear dimensions in which we follow Christ. And, and what happens, the outworking of that is, is, hold on, let me back up, let me give you a, a picture of what that is. Um, have you ever done bumper cars? You know, bumper cars are amazing. There's a bumper car race tracks and stuff, and you get in this little car, and, and there's, there's this little guard all around your car, and there's helmets, and they strap you in, and then all of your friends are in other cars, and that's when you let out all of your anger and aggression because I'm going to ram them off the track. And so, like, you're going, and bumper cars are made to be smashed, right? And so you get on the track. Now, I remember having this moment where I'm doing bumper cars, and, and, and there's the referee guy with the little whistle that as I'm smashing people, he's like, stop doing that. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting them too fast. I'm like, it's bumper cars. <laughs> it's the very thing in which it was built for and you're sucking the fun out of it. <laughs> I've been waiting forever to do this to this person to smash them off the road. <laughs> stop telling me I can't do it. And like, there's all of these safeguards in place, and the next thing you know, we've absolutely sucked the life out of it. And I would be willing to say we do the same thing with our faith. That we put so many things that Jesus never even commanded in place of our lives to try to, try to make us feel like we're doing better, to make us feel like we're more righteous, more holy, when all, all we're really doing is making life very, very bored. Uh, we're creating a system in which the Pharisees and the Sadducees have recreated themselves 2,000 years later. And in which these are the things that make us holy. And so we take wonderful things that God has given us, like remember the Sabbath, and we turn it into a bunch of rules and regulations. I mean, think about this. There is this commandment given to us by our Lord that's like, dude, just chill. Just take a day off and relax. Calm down. Just rest in me. Just walk with me. You ain't got to do nothing but just Sabbath. And we have a way of messing that up. I mean, like, you look at some of these stories in which the disciples are just, like, going through the fields and they grab a little bit of grain. And Pharisees are like, ooh, they're working. And Jesus is like, seriously, guys. And then he calls down thunder. And no, I'm just saying... <laughs> But it's like, yeah, we do this. We try to place all of these safeguards, and, and we're trying to fill the letter of law, and, and we've lost its purpose. And what Jesus says, don't misunderstand me. I'm going to fulfill all of this. And so all of these questions that you have, it's going to be fulfilled in me. I'm going to do it. We had, um, I was talking to a gentleman that uh, this group went on a missions trip. They were in Mexico, and he was telling about some of the things that happened on the trip. And they were going to an uh, outer village thing. And uh, on the trip, the, the bus stopped, or it had this place where it was an uh, impassable road, so uh, the kids had to get out of the bus. They had to hike up the mountain for uh, a couple miles, or whatever it was. They, they had to do all this work, all this labor, and all, some of the things that went wrong on the trip. And he's telling me this story, and I looked at him, and I was like, awesome. Like, good. They should have had to walk. The bus should have broke down. 
You said you wanted an adventure, right? You said you wanted an adventure. No one wants to hear about the story when everything went right. No one wants to hear your story of going on vacation and sitting on the beach with a, a drink and a little umbrella for the last week. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, that's, that's going to keep me coming back. Watch that Mission Impossible movie. Like, the, you know, like things go wrong. Like, that's when the adventure starts. The adventure starts when, like, Jesus sends people out, and she's like, don't take extra shoes, don't take extra clothes, don't worry about where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat, just go. Wait, wait, hold on, Jesus. Is there a 401k in that? Is there a Starbucks every 40 miles? And she's like, no, I thought you wanted to enter in this faith life. I thought you wanted to enter into a life of faith and a life of adventure and a life with me. And we're like, yeah, but... But I, I don't know. I need, I need to know if we're having dinner at 507 or 615. I need to know the itinerary, God. I, know what you're, I need to know what you're going to do in my life in the next five years. And I need to know how this is going to work out. And, and I think God's just like, seriously, here's the thing. We want God to be more like a map. And God is more like a compass. We want God to be like, hey, there's the route, there's the route, here's the GPS coordinates, we can find everything along the way that we need, here's where the next restaurant is, here's where we're going to stop, here's where everything's going to work out, and God's like, here's your compass, go north. Abraham set out to a land, I'm going to show you. Here's your compass. See, here's the thing, a map will only tell you where other people have already been. Did you catch that? A map will only tell you where other people have already been. God's in the compass business. Just go. Just step out. Come on, Peter. You want to walk on some water? Get out the boat. See, that's what faith looks like. Faith is adventure. Faith is, faith is stepping into this life with God that, God, I don't know what's going to happen next. Faith is, God, God, you've got to do it. You've got to come through. Faith is, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing off all the safeguards, and I'm totally at rest in God, your righteousness and your holiness and what you can do, not what I can do. Let me, let me say something that's going to rub some of y'all the wrong way, and I hope it does. If you are bored with your Christian walk, it's because you are boring, I'm serious. Don't misunderstand that. I am calling you boring. Because when I look at Jesus, when I look at the scriptures, Jesus is anything but boring. Jesus is anything but predictable. Jesus is, man, he's rubbing mud on people's eyes. He's like parting waters and parting seas. Jesus is Hey, come on, let's just walk on some water, y'all. What y'all want to do? Hey, who wants to eat lunch? What you got? Couple fish, couple bread, that's enough. Let's feed 5,000. That's what the kind of faith that I'm looking at. That's the kind of Jesus I'm following. That's the kind of Jesus that says, it doesn't matter if this bus breaks down, just get your backpack on and start walking. It's an adventure with Christ. And yes, you could be persecuted and blessed. Everything could be going wrong, and God's like, I love you. You're getting it right. It's okay. It's okay things didn't work out the way you thought it would. I still love you. You're still my child. 
You're still messed up, Paul. But it's my righteousness that makes you right. It's my completed work. I have fulfilled all that you can't do. You could try. Good luck ain't going to happen. You could build as many safeguards in place as you want. The outworking of that is hypocrisy, death, and boredom. And so we've got to pause. We've got to stop long enough to say, hold on, I've got to take a real good recognition of my life, Jesus. And the truth is, God, I've turned you into just this kind of map in which you've got to do all of these things. And so, God, be the compass of my life. Be the compass that I'm not exactly sure this next step, but, God, I just know you're saying move in this direction. So I'm going to move. I might start sinking but you'll pick me up. God, I, I don't, I don't want to get so arrogant. I don't want to get so caught up in myself to think that I've got it all together. Those moments where I, I, I think I've arrived. God, I need you. If you all please stand with me. I believe our faith is supposed to be dangerous. I believe our faith is supposed to be just absolutely crazy. Has your faith become faithless? Has your faith become faithless? God gives us the freedom to love. The freedom not just to love the lovable, but the unlovable. See, I'm free not just to love the people I'm like, that I like. I'm free to love all the people I don't like. I'm free not to just not cheat on my wife. I'm free to love her with all of my heart. Jesus brings about this whole new way to love, to turn our water into wine. And it's through his completed work. I want to end with this story. Um, me and my wife, we're, we're selling our home and uh, we're going to build another house or something at some point. And so uh, I just told my wife, I said, listen, I don't, I don't really want to move any of this heavy stuff. So let's just sell it. So uh, we've just been selling everything that we own. And uh, it's been going really good. We've like sold like most of our stuff, which is awesome. And so we're selling all of our stuff. But I, I, I told her, I said, like, here's the thing. People are going to be coming to our house, and they're going to buy whatever junk we're selling. And uh, whoever comes, they're going to get the talk. We're going to tell them about Jesus. They're coming to my house. Before they get this screwdriver set, we're going to see if they need to know Jesus. And, and I told her, I was like, you know, when we first started the church, we were really good at that. I mean, I'd be on the beach, and if you said hey to me, I'm like, I'm talking to you about Jesus. I'm inviting you to church. I mean, it, it was just, and, and somewhere I think, I was like, baby, I kind of lost a little bit of that. And I said, anybody that steps through, we're telling them about Jesus, and we're inviting them to church, and we're, we're going to pray for them, or whatever we can do. And I mean, so everybody that's come, like home inspectors, uh, <laughs> 
whoever it is, like if they step foot in my yard, dude, it's my yard still, so you got to listen to me. And um, so there was this one girl, and I don't know, she might even be here this morning, so I hope she doesn't mind me telling the story, but uh, she came and she was picking up a, an item, and I wasn't there, and Devin was there, and uh, Devin said that she just, uh, she, she looked like she had some, some profanity tattoos and stuff, and uh, I was like, well, did you ask her? Did you, did you talk to her? And she was like, no, I didn't. I was like, those are the, that's like the number one people we want to talk to. Like, she said, like, it was like a big F-bomb tattoo, and I was like, you got to call her back. You got to just call her. Like, you don't have a choice. This was the rule. <laughs> and so she did. She did. And, you know, on the outside, it looked like this girl would never want to know about Christ. But it wasn't five seconds into the conversation where she just broke down. And was in need of Jesus. She was in need of Jesus. And there's a whole world out there that you would never know it by the cover. And see, sometimes it's just not tattoos or F-bombs. Sometimes it's the dude in the suit and the tie that he needs Jesus. It's the, it's the neighbor that's next to us that looks like they have it all together and their marriage is perfect and their house is perfect, and, but they need Jesus. And, and here's the thing. God wants to use you and me to do it. And we've just got to be willing to, you know what? Let me put some action to my faith. Let me step out, and maybe there's going to be some, some moments in where things get uncomfortable, but you know what? We all need him. It is by grace that we've been saved. Not of works, least any of us should boast. God, our righteousness is found in you and you alone. And we just thank you for it. Let's pray this morning. God, we are just so humbled. God, we thank you that you have done what we never could. Lord, forgive me for trying to drift back towards the law. Forgive me for trying to build a wall or set a standard, God, that you tore down. Help us as a people, Lord, to simply rest in your work. Help our faith not to be faithless, Jesus. God, we want to live and breathe and move in you. So God, at this moment, I ask that your spirit would come. Lord, for the person in this room right now that is just feeling like they keep getting it wrong and they keep failing, God, just wrap your arms around them. Just wrap your arms and your love and your mercy and your grace. And Lord, for that person in here that, that got off and we've, we've taken the role of the Pharisee and we've, we think we got it all together. We think we actually can do it without you. We wouldn't say it, but God, we've, we live that way. God, we repent. We need you. We need you now more than ever, Jesus. 
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.